Welcome back to Word and Table, a weekly podcast on liturgy, sacrament, and the great tradition of Christian worship, and why it is vital in our world today. I'm your host, Alex Wilgus, and I am here, as always, with Father Stephen Gautier. Welcome back, Father Stephen. Great to be back, Alex. Father Stephen is the canon theologian of the Diocese of the Upper Midwest in the Anglican Church in North America, and he is Director of Formation at St. Paul's House of Formation in the Greenhouse Movement. Today, Father Stephen, you brought up the cardinal virtues. Um, these are sound. They were like I always understood them to be like good, like really good qualities that people ought to embody, but kind of like the absolute best qualities. Uh, hence the word uh, cardinal. But is that is that a good rough definition of this, or or what? What's what? What are the cardinal virtues? Well, what they are is, first of all, we think of like the cardinal directions, north, south, east, and west. Is there a way to systematically divide things? And so it, ain't, it comes from ancient philosophy, the idea that we could talk about basically human actions in terms of sort of four directions. You know, balance, we talk about north versus south or east versus west. We talk north by northeast, that kind of thing. It was a way of sort of finding your way around human behavior. And so it became important later on in moral theology. You know, we found some real value with, uh, with that in moral theology, and so that's why it's played an important role in uh, Christian moral um, reasoning. Okay, so these are kind of like the X and Y axis of a map. Perfect. That's exactly right. It's like an X and Y axis. All right, right. and then where are you vis-a-vis these four points or these four scales? Right, there are four orienting points for ourselves, our, ourselves and others, you know, like two points. One would be, uh, you know, basically the need to move forward and the need to hold back. We'll talk about those, but uh, basically there are four of them, just as there are four directions, north, south, east, and west. There are four cardinal virtues. It's something that goes back to the Greeks. But okay. as we talked about when we talked about moral theology, is our initial moral theology took the best work that had been done uh, by the Greeks and Romans and put in the context of scriptural revelation. So we found those categories were very useful in helping us sort of evaluate moral behavior and help us with moral behavior. Right, right. Okay. So it's almost like if the moral life is like a map, then these four points are your your guideposts. Uh, and where right. are you in relation to them? Yeah. So, so you said that this was, uh, but this is not Christian originally, right? You said this is from earlier philosophy? All right, and that shouldn't surprise us in a way. Remember, we talked about um, in an earlier episode on moral theology, we pointed out that virtues are good habits. That's why I said point there. Virtues are really good habits. And a lot of good habits can be achieved by simply trying harder. For example, we can learn to be more disciplined, Right? We can learn to be thrifty, or we can, there are certain things we can learn to do. We call those human virtues. And we have theological virtues, which relate to God, faith, hope, and love, which are given by God. And they give a special Christian meaning to all the human virtues. Okay, I see. So this is, this is adopted from earlier philosophy, but seen by Christians as having real, real value and expressing real truth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and this is the, you know, we, we're talking about the cardinal virtues here, but we've talked about other kinds of virtues before, haven't re- haven't we? So how does this sit in relation to those? Well, um, I said we have theological virtues, 
faith, hope, and love. Paul talks about those. There are these three, faith, hope, and love. And again, the three things that characterize them is they relate directly to God. You know, faith, hope, and love directly talks about our experience as Christians with God. They're infused by God, meaning we can't create them. They're a gift of God. You can't create faith. Many have tried very, very hard. It's a gift from God. It's, it's a miracle. Faith, hope, and love in the Bible sense of what they mean, more than just a pure human sense, are miracles of God. And they give life to all the other moral virtues. For example, remember Paul says, you know, if I gave, my, if I gave everything I had to the poor, if I gave my body over to be burnt, but didn't have love, be nothing. So in a sense, they give meaning to, the others are called human virtues. The other things we can, again, work at, we can become better at. But the theological virtues, but they do relate. The theological virtues give life to the human virtues. Okay, so so then where where do we put the cardinal virtues? Is this a, a, is this a part of the theological virtues? Is this part of the human virtues? It's part of the human virtues. Because these come from the pagans in the sense they're just basic human, like natural law. They're just basic human way of looking upon how do we behave as human beings. And we certainly have a Christian application we could talk about each of them. There's a special Christian application for each of them. But the basic notions of the categories are basic directions of how we make moral decisions. are. But we apply them in the light. We also have the Holy Spirit. We have the scriptures. All those things are applied in a much richer framework, in a much richer mm-hmm. context. But the okay, same directions so, are true. North is north and south is south. Right, right. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so, okay, so 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 we've been building up to it. So what what are these cardinal virtues and how many are there? There are four because cardinal, you know, the four you normally means, it means a hinge, but normally there are four, like the four north, south, east, and west are the cardinal point, uh, cardinal directions. So there, they're, and there are two, two pairs. One pair is, is uh, basically prudence and justice. And the other is fortitude, which we might call courage, versus temperance, which you might call moderation. So prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. Those are the traditional Latin names. But modern English speakers, we don't use fortitude much. We tend to say courage. And we do, temperance sounds like something like um, breaking up saloons. So we talk more <laughs> about uh, moderation. So prudence, justice, courage, and moderation. But the traditional Latin terms are prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. Okay. All right, so prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. So, well, let's go into each one of these and talk exactly about what they mean, and starting with prudence, because I, I suspect that we might have another one of those situations where maybe that word prudence doesn't exactly mean now what it used to mean. When I hear prudence now, I hear about someone who's just kind of, uh, I'd say, abstinent, or kind of abstaining from all any kind of pleasurable thing. Um, is that what prudence originally meant? Uh, no, <laughs> that's a really okay. good point because a lot of these, uh, uh, these terms have, in popular language don't really mean what they mean technically. What prudence means is remember we say that God really has a plan. There really is, uh, we, we have a good, but following God's plan is what's best for us. It's our natural good. That's why we're created. That's a good we work towards. So what prudence means is two things. It means saying, first of all, finding out what my true good is. Well, we as Christians, we could say, what would God want me to do in the circumstance? That's my true good, aligning my, my will with God. That's my true good. And then doing the right, going about it the right way. So it means, first of all, finding out which direction I should be going and then going there in a very deliberate fashion. 
Okay. So yeah. it basically means, you know, basically taking your bearings, you know, basically uh, it's intentional living. Things aren't just happening. You're looking, say, which way should I be going? That's prudence. Which way, what's my true good? Which way would God, as Christians, which way would God have me going? And what's the right way of going there? Got it. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of had a whole episode on on like finding the, the, the true good and then going about it in the right way. That's right. Um, but I can I, I can see how even though, yeah, this is a, a an idea that that um, sort of predates Christian thinking on it, it it it's just that that's just how you ought to go about it. Right. Like, uh, yeah, what for, changes for, Christians, for us? Yeah. As Christians, what changes for us is that we we God has discerned our true good. So we have started with a huge advantage. We're not trying to make up, find out our, our true good individually. We know that God has given us in his scriptures, right? You know, we, we have a good and we can discern that, you know, f- form our conscience and things. But we're in a much better place than someone, infinitely better place than someone who doesn't, doesn't have the revelation of God. You know, to That's discern right. what is our true God. Which way, what would God have me do? We have the scriptures. You know, which, what would God have me do? And then what's the right way of going about it? That's right. That's right. So doing the and, right thing in the right way, as far as my, my conduct, doing the right thing, what's, what's best for me ultimately in the sense of meaning putting me in line with God, putting a square right. peg in a square hole. Got you it. Know, God drills the hole and God made us and putting those two together, doing the thing that's right for me. Trying to put a square peg in a round hole again is I choose, I'd rather be a round peg, but I'm square peg. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea is I want to align myself. You know, I want to discern what's my true good. If I'm a square peg, I should be looking for the square hole. And, you know, I sh- that's the, the way to go about it. You know, what's God's, am I am aligning myself with my true good, which is God's plan for me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So with, so we as Christians are, ought to, um, ought to discern God's, God's good for us prudently. That's, that's exercising our prudence. Is, that's is exercising that. prudence. Saying, mm-hmm. What's the best way to achieve that? Uh, you know, the symbol's interesting. All four of these have, you'll see them all over the ancient world in art. There are the four young women are the symbols of the four cardinal virtues. And prudence might surprise us as first we get the wrong idea. Is prudence means, is you, you have a woman holding a mirror, looking at a reflection in a mirror. We say, that sounds vain. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it's quite the opposite. The main reason people used mirrors in the ancient world wasn't to admire themselves, is was to make sure that they, that everything looked right. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's why uh-huh. James says it's like looking in a mirror and not doing anything about it. The theory being you're looking in a mirror to find out, you know, whether something's out of place. When remember James says, you know, it's like a man who looks in a mirror and then turns away mm-hmm. and forgets what he looked at. The whole purpose of looking in a mirror is, do I have something on my cheek or something? Do I have something on my front teeth? Is <laughs> <laughs> you could look and then do something about it is the idea. And so the idea is a person who's really observing their own conduct in that way and simply saying, hey, am I really looking out for my best good, honestly? You know, what's really truly good for me? Right. And right. that's that's why they have a mirror is the image of that. Looking at a mirror saying, really analyzing, you know, I might, this might be fun. Is this really in my best interest? You yeah. know, I really feel like going out with the going out with the guys tonight, but I have this I have a exam in medical school tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Is it really what's it really in my best interest? Yeah. Okay, Studying. so you're so you're saying that exercising prudence really means looking at the man in the mirror. Right? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, the, <laughs> you so you missed you missed you missed the song reference, but I'll I'll move forward. You remember that song? I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Yes, that's that? Michael Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. With an homage to Michael Jackson. Yes, yes we are looking at the man in the mirror. 
Okay, good. But you're, you're trying to see what's out of place and, and how to correct it. So right. it's it's self-examination to discern that. Okay, great. Really so that, yeah, being that's, aware that's, of what we're really doing, being aware and honest with ourselves, and you know, making sure we're aligning ourselves properly, not just following instinct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're being intentional. Well, that's, that is pretty different than than what the word prudence has come to mean. So that's that's really good to have that that ironed out. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about justice as well. There's there's a there's quite a bit of uh, talk, especially nowadays, about justice. Um, so let, let's get into what justice as a cardinal virtue means. What well, means giving you just as we look at what our true good is, justice is the opposite. We're looking at the true good of others. Instead of focusing on what's the best for us, what's best toward God, our duty towards God and to our neighbor? What's our true, what do we truly owe God? What do we, like, just as what do we, what's truly good for us, what's truly good for God, what do we owe God, and what do we owe our neighbor? What's truly good for my neighbor? What's truly good in my relationship with God? Seeking the true good of others. I like to put it that way. It's seeking the true good of others. Okay, okay, so that's justice, the true good of others. But you said that that also includes God yes. to some degree? Yeah. Okay, so rendering you know, to so God we're and about what is part due. of the true good means uh, doing right by God, doing right by others, and doing right by God. You know, God in the New Old Testament, for example, is forever talking about comparing when we don't keep our when we are unfaithful to God. It's like being unfaithfulness in a relationship, a love relationship. He compares mm-hmm. it to adultery. We have to do right by God. We have to do right by our neighbor, and we have to do right by ourselves. Doing right by ourselves is prudence. Doing right by God and others is justice. So it's it's also seeking it's seeking others' true good and and promoting that that's that's kind of how it how how you might define it. Yes, this we just as we're looking what's what's best for me and making decisions also what's best for others. Okay, got it. And the symbol of this again is a young lady who is blindfolded holding a scale, as you often see in the Hall of Justice or something. It's that's the ancient sign, and the reason why she's blindfolded and things we're talking about others is you know it's so like when you're a kid. I don't know if your house, but I had, uh, you know, I had, I had uh, four siblings. And so the idea of somebody's asked to cut the cake is you'd cut the cake, but you wouldn't know which piece would go to you. I mean, they would get to choose first. Right, so the right. idea is to give you an incentive to be as fair as possible. <laughs> that was the, that was the rule from my grandmom's rule actually, is that if you cut it, that means you couldn't choose. <laughs> that's right. So that's an, but that's the same principle about the blindfolding that otherwise sure. we, almost inevitably we think what's in it for me. You know, how could you know, what's going to work out? Am I going to please the right person, et cetera? So that idea of blind justice is I don't see the person. You know, all I can look at is the facts. Right, right. Oh, that's okay. That makes a lot of sense. So that's so that's justice, seeking the good of others. Um, so let's talk about fortitude or or courage. Um, so I, I feel like I know basically what courage means. Um, I, I usually just think of kind of like being brave almost like being brave under fire or something like that, or, or not backing away from, from doing the right thing, even when it's hard. Is that, is that basically what it means? Yeah. The way the ancients looked at it was this way. Why don't we all, why don't we always do the the right thing? And sometimes it's because we're, uh, we have fear, you know, it looks like it's going to be hard or it's going to hurt. And so overcoming the natural resistance, our natural aversions to doing the right thing, it's just not pleasant. It's hard. Uh, 
overcoming our our uh, those those resistance elements towards our doing the right thing requires courage. Actually, the word courage uh, comes from the French word for heart, so it really means having a big heart, like Richard Lionheart. Mm. You know, you know, back up having a big heart, <laughs> huh, not yeah. in the sense of love, but I mean, in the sense of really having a lot of you know gumption. Yeah, yeah. You do what yeah. you a man does what a man has to do, as my father would have said to his son. I see, I see. Yeah, so so this is um it's like not wavering from that for 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 any reason, right? It's not allowing external pressures to deter you from uh doing right by by others, by God and, and by yourself. That's right. It's sort of saying, you know, we we don't make our our decisions based on what's hard or easy. We make our decisions based on what's right. And then courage means, well, if that's going to be hard, well, we're just going to have to do it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Courage yeah. means we're not going to allow our versions to stop us from doing the right thing. Right. So what's the sim? Is there a symbol for A young for woman one? with a helmet yeah. and holding a sword. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I feel like my sons would be into that. They have their own little you know, plastic helmet and sword thing they like to run around in. <laughs> and you have the helmet and the sword because one is is to protect you from attack, you know, the, the helmet particularly, and one is to, you know, just pull push forward in what you have to do. Okay, yeah, yeah. So being girded to move to move forward in pursuit of the good. To not allow your natural, and again, the aversions don't have to be just fear. They're often things like just laziness. This is going to be so hard, you know, the, those kind of things. Any thing that would cause us to be averse, that would stop us because we want to do the right thing. So what would stop us from wanting to do the right thing? And those mm-hmm. we call those aversions, you know, things that we just are, feel disinclined, the disinclination to do the right thing, typically coming from fear or just we don't like something or laziness, fear, laziness. Yeah, okay. Oh, wait, well, so what's what about temperance or these days, you know, moderation? Um uh, yeah, like temperance to me, it's not a word I really hear anymore. But yeah, it, it to American ears, it just sounds like the temperance movement in the early uh, 20th century. You want to pull out your century. axe and look for a, uh, yeah, God, what is it, a barrel of whiskey. Yeah, exactly. Women's Christian <laughs> yeah, that, Temperance Union. The hatchet, yeah. yeah ha- let's oh, here's a way to look at it. Liquor store. <laughs> the difference, this is directly related. It's the opposite, you know, that we talk about in axes. Is courage is like somebody who is all set, to, to take their first parachute jump up. They're all safe. They're, they're going with an instructor, etc. But you might have to push them out the door. You know, courage means right. it's really hard to jump. Whereas others, if you have a five-year-old or something, they're getting near the end of something, they want to jump. <laughs> You're pulling them back. Yeah. <laughs> so temperance means, you know, two things that stop us from doing the right thing is one is that we don't want to go forward when we should. And sometimes we don't want to hold back when we should. For example, following our desires. Normally, fear and aversion stops us. Aversion is just a general category. You know, our fears and our disinclinations stop us from doing the right thing. But often, we often do the wrong thing because we're attracted to it by pleasure. You know, we know we just don't know when to stop. You know, if, if eating this is so good, eating twice as much would be even better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of just okay. Put, knowing when to hold back and say, enough. Hmm. So one hmm. is saying, get out of the plane. We're ready to jump. <laughs> and yeah. the other is saying, don't go anywhere near that. <laughs> don't climb yeah. up on that bridge railing right <laughs> yeah exactly okay so so fortitude is about pushing forward and temperance is about, is about holding back. back at the right time at the right time one is a reaction to fear and laziness the other is a reaction to pleasure you know it's it's basically the pleasure pleasure pain principle right human beings are driven by pleasure and pain so mm-hmm. basically how do we fight the pain which in fear and physical pain and so we fire we fight that with courage 
How do we fight the pleasure principle? I want to do all sorts of things, and a lot of them aren't good for me. That's temperance. So temperance fights going too far with pleasure, and courage fights not going far enough because of pain. It's how okay. we react to the pleasure, pleasure pain axis. Okay, okay. Got it. So, so we've got to have a young woman yes. um, symbolizing this. And this confuses right? people because uh, we have a woman with two pitchers pouring one into the other, and that's obvious in the ancient world, but it's not obvious to us. Wine in the ancient world didn't have the same consistency it has with us. It was a different product. And it had to be mixed with water. That's why we still have the tradition at Eucharist of mixing wine with water. It, w- it had to be done. It just was, you often had, they talked about wine would settle out at the bottom and things. This was just typical mm-hmm. of the wine wine used to be produced. So the point was you had to bring it down so it wasn't too alcoholic because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't prepared the way our wine is prepared. And so the idea was pouring water into your wine. So you have this woman pulling one jug of water into a jug of wine to basically cut it. So it's the appropriate. <laughs> okay. I see. So it I means see. to retain and control of pleasure. Yeah, we're going to have wine, but we're, we're going to know not to drink so much. That's yeah, the idea of temperance. Yeah. That's the drunkenness. Great. Okay, okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, we get a little alcohol metaphor in there too, I guess. <laughs> I am <laughs> so French. <that's>... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember um, the first miracle, I think, must have Cana must be in France, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah. No, no, if they were in France, they never would have run out of wine to begin with. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so 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 let's go over again, kind of the um, the line. I, I'd say like like the uh, the grid lines that are connecting these four cardinal virtues again, because I, I want our listeners to get a sense um, over how they connect. So let's let's go over those again, and how do they relate to each other? Well, let's check on the X and Y axis. X going horizontally and Y going vertically. Okay. Let's say the X, uh, the uh, Y, the Y axis going vertically, is going to be myself or others doing the right thing, seeking the true good. So we're going to say at the top is going to seek seeking my own true good. What's really best for me in God's eyes? Now, I'm not talking about trying to maximize my self actualization. I'm trying to. God made me, and He made a perfect way for me to be fully the man or the woman He created me to be. And that's what prudence is, is I'm, you know, is, is doing, acting my own best good in, in an appropriate way, seeking it out and following the right means to get there. On the other side, we need this, we have this, we have to have the same concern with what's truly good, what's owed to others, you know, what's in their best good. And we call that justice. So idea, we have to deal with both. We have to deal with, am, am I really seeking out my own best good? Am I really seeing out the best good of others? Am I meeting my duties towards them, including God, seeking what, do, giving their due to others? Okay, and then looking at the x-axis would be, well, gee, the, why don't we do the right thing? And one reason is we're either lazy or afraid, which is aversion, you know, things we just don't want to do it. And that requires courage. Let's put that to the right-hand side. And the other is, oh, we want to do it a lot, but we just don't know when to stop, following mm-hmm. the pleasure principle. And that we call temperance, going to the left. So okay. we're simply saying, you know, the idea is we should be seeking out every but my own best good and other people's best good, and we should not allow ourselves to be distracted either by pain or pleasure. You know, we should know how to use courage to get over our hesitations, and to use, uh, and to use a temperance to have proper restraints. Mm-hmm. So the so kind of the 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 opposition between the two sets of virtues is meant to sort of push you toward the center, right? Like if you yes. want to hit that center point, then that's when you're really moving forward and, and seeking after the good. 
Yeah, you're balancing right, exactly right. For example, with others, we should be balancing. You know, God, uh, you know, the Lord Jesus said, "Love your neighbor as yourself." You know, we seek we 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 seek out our own best good, and as Christians, we know how even how self sacrifice could be our own best good in the eyes of God. But you know, ideally, we don't look at it at the expense of others. Our own best good is not at the expense of others. The real place would be right there in the middle. You know, the yeah. real place would be I should see my own ex- exactly where my own best interests and the best interests of others lie. You know, and the same thing, I should be seeking something which isn't put, which isn't influenced by either pain or pleasure. It should be doing the right thing. And that right. takes gumption because you have to lean one way or the other in that boat, depending on whether you're afraid or whether you want to go too far. And that's what, you know, temperance and courage help us to do, to keep balance. Mm-hmm. Well, can you think of any, anyone, anybody, maybe in your life or elsewhere that you feel like really embodies, uh, you know, hitting that mean between the four cardinal virtues? Well, I think a classic example is from the Bible where St. Paul, you know, St. Paul, because think of St. Paul, first of all, is he said, you know, I've learned how to be content. He says, sometimes I have nothing. Sometimes I have an abundance, whether it's a want I've learned, you know, so he learned like, you know, he's not afraid of want. He doesn't go too far when he has plenty. He knows that balance. And he says, I'm not, I'm not bound by that. I've learned to live both ways. I, I, that's not a problem. And also he talks about, you know, gee, I, this, I want to be with the Lord. That's certainly my own best, but yet I know that you need some things from me. So, you know, which, what's, it's a dilemma. I want to be with the Lord, but I want to be here if that's going to help you guys out. So mm-hmm. I'm just happy to have the Lord choose which way to go. So it's right, that idea of balancing my own best good and the best good of others and saying, you know, whether I go to heaven now or whether I stay later and a lot of pain and str- struggle. And it's saying, I don't really care whether it's, it's high, you know, I can deal with, with want, you know, the, the, the negative side. I can deal with the positive side. I know how to hold back when I have an abundance and I know how to go ahead anyway, even though there's want. So to me, it's a beautiful example in scripture where he talks about it, of someone who really is exercising the four cardinal virtues. Great. Well, thanks so much, Father Stephen. Anything else you have for us on the on the four cardinal virtues? Yeah, uh, we've talked about this. One of my favorite before, but I, one of my favorite uh, sayings of Jesus is where he has in one of the gospels. He has the the story of he said, you know, it's like when a, the evil when a devil goes out of a man, this evil spirit goes out of a man. He wanders in desert places, and he comes back and he finds everything. Um, clean and says hey this is great i'll bring seven of my friends and he says the man's situation is worse than the first we leave this vacuum and these are practical ways of avoiding that vacuum you know we just don't we're not just drifting along it's basically like being in a ship that finally has direction you know in the sense we we can answer we, when we look at something we can ask ourselves these things you know we make moral judgment yeah i actually use these something saying you know gee you know is this really the best good of this other person is it really what's really best for me and for them, you know, make, having that sweet spot. And am I being influenced because I'm afraid of something or because I want something too much? It's really, to me, a helpful diagnostic. It's like being a doctor there, you know, she's giving you something and looking at the different symptoms you have and saying, it's a really good diagnostic, you know. Yeah, yeah, okay. You're, I yeah. see your heart's not beating. That can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Father Stephen. Uh, That's all the time we have left for this episode. And thank you for listening to Word and Table. We'll be back again next week for more on liturgy, sacraments, and the great tradition of Christian worship. Thanks for listening.